Good job, kids. Thank you for using your musical gifts and leading us into worship. That was wonderful. This is one of my favorite services of the year, church, and it is so good to be able to gather in person for worship. If you remember last year, this service was entirely online, and I missed the ability to gather. The story Connie read was a story that many people around the world face, whether it's refugees, um, like Jesus was, whether it's being stranded, whether it's not being able to travel when we do want to travel to see family. We know this season is a difficult one for many, um, whether it be health reasons, missing family, maybe missing somebody you've lost this year. So we recognize that this isn't the easiest time of year, but there's hope that we can hold on to. We recognize the loss, and we recognize Jesus right in the middle of all of it brings his presence, his love. And so we get to worship that tonight. Now, as a pastor, I love this service, but it's always tricky to figure out what to say on Christmas Eve. There's not going to be a lot of surprises, right? You know the ending of the story that Jesus Christ is born. And yet, God calls us to this sense of awe and wonder, calls us to worship. And so I want to talk to us a little bit about that tonight with two familiar stories. First comes from Matthew 2, 1 to 6. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, if you know the Christmas story, you might know of the Magi or the wise men. And they were from the east. They were outsiders. They weren't a part of the Jewish people. They didn't know the story of the Messiah, but they saw something different in the sky they might have been astrologers. They recognized something was there, and they wanted to seek it out. They wanted to see what was happening. So they go to Jerusalem, and they ask. Now, when King Herod heard that he, this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. So Matthew tells us the wise men, they made it to Jerusalem. That's as far as the star could lead them. And they ask King Herod, what, what is this thing that we're seeing? Where do we go? Where is this going to take place? And so Herod gathers around him the religious leaders, those who knew the scriptures well. And they know the answer immediately in verse 5. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So the insiders know the right answer, and they know it right away because they know the scriptures. But Matthew is giving us a contrast. The outsiders who didn't know the scriptures and the insiders who knew the scriptures. But only one group goes to actually worship and find Jesus, and it's those on the outside. Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience, but as we learned a few weeks ago in the genealogy, he highlights the outsiders that are part of God's plan. The outsiders 
that got to participate in the genealogy of Jesus, that they were drawn to who God was and their important part of that story. Now, we don't know why the religious leaders didn't know. They knew the answer, right? Why they wouldn't travel five miles to see this baby Jesus, we don't know. Were they too busy, too distracted, not impressed, over-familiar with the story that they stopped looking for the outcome? The story doesn't tell us. They knew their scriptures, but they missed the point, right? Scriptures point to Christ, and yet they're not Christ. They point to the one who's coming, the one who has come, and we get invited into relationship with that Jesus. Christ sent, Christ was sent by God to show us what God was like, to show us who God was, to be incarnate, to be in flesh. I don't take for granted this gathering, right? We're not meant to be socially distanced, right? God couldn't just Zoom Jesus. He could have if he wanted to, right? He sent him in person to be with us. It's how God wants us to be living. Now, those of us who know the story well, maybe we feel a little bit like we could be the religious leaders. I know that that is my case. This is not a new story for me, and yet God wants to invite us into a sense of awe, a sense of wonder. And we can look at the outsiders who can show us sometimes that sense of awe. One more story, Luke 2, 4 to 20. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now, Pastor Brenda talked about Joseph last week. Uh, when he found out Mary was pregnant, he, he wanted to divorce her quietly, not to shame her publicly, but the angel appears to Joseph and says, you know what, Mary's telling you the truth. This is the Messiah. So Joseph sticks with Mary, takes upon that shame upon himself. He, he offers his reputation to Jesus, to God. That's what God is asking for him, to give up his reputation, and he gives that. He gives what he has. The story continues in verse 6. While they were there, the time for the baby came to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So we get these angels they see what's happening. They come and they bring their praise. They tell the shepherds what's going to happen. And what do the shepherds do? Verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Now, I love the shepherds. You know, shepherds were looked down upon in that society. They would have been the poor. And I love it that God shows up to them and says, look at this amazing thing. Go check it out. And what do they do? They do. They go check it out. They come and they worship. They come and they're present. They spread the news about what they're seeing. And then 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Mary, of course, gives up her whole plan for her life, right? To bear the Messiah, to be Jesus' mom. And she ponders this. She doesn't know all that's ahead, but she ponders it in her heart. She reflects on it. She brings all of who she is. And that's what God invites us to, to bring what it is we have to him. He seeks us out. He gives all of who he is. He sends his son for us to show us his love. And he wants us to not love what with we don't have. Love God with what you do have. Show up with yourself. Show up with your worship. The Magi had gifts. They brought them. Bring your awe and wonder because Jesus wants relationship with you. He was born in a very ordinary environment. And yet, there was an amazing thing that happened in that place. In those humble beginnings, we see the Messiah becoming incarnate, becoming flesh. God sending Jesus, who was fully man and fully God, to show us who God was, to walk around, to experience life, to experience pain, disappointment, betrayals, to experience all the things that we might experience. And we get to be a part of that story. We don't just get to read the story from the past. We get to be a part of that story now. God has wired us for connection, to have relationship with God, and he has wired us for connection with one another. Jesus was born into a community, and that community surrounded him with love. He had to flee that community because of dangers. And he was in a new community when he came back to Israel. And God wants us to be in that community as well, to show up, to come to the party, to celebrate, to enjoy who he is, to take it in. When I was graduating from seminary, our, our president quoted uh, this French philosopher, Paul Ricure, who talks about a first and a second naivete, or a first and a second innocence. And that first innocence is like the children soaking up the story. Or when we just came to faith, it's all new. It might all be exciting, and we soak it in. And then we grow, we develop. We maybe go off to college. Maybe we hit a hardship. And, and that first innocence can be lost. Maybe we begin to deconstruct. Maybe our doubts emerge. And the point is, is that come back to your faith with that second naivete, not, not that same first one that we brought to our faith at the beginning, but one that knows life, one that has deep questions, one that can reconstruct around who Jesus is with who they are now. Open yourself up to that wonder and awe. Open yourself up to how God might want to show up to you this very night.
Because God invites everybody. The kids, the adults, the insider, the outsider, the poor, the wealthy, the refugee, the person who hasn't had to move. He invites us to bring who we are, to be who we are. And he promises to show up for us in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you do show up for us, that you sacrificed, that you took this journey upon yourself because of your incredible love for us, that you walked through hardships on our behalf and that you continue to be with us. God, you, your word tells us that you hear the cry of the brokenhearted. And if we're in that place today, God, I pray that we lift that cry up to you. If we're in a place of longing, of missing, God, may you be our comfort. If we're feeling distant, God, may you draw near. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your gift of love. In your name we pray. Amen.